Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Web Chatham Report, episode 72. How you doing? What's going on? Day 147 of hanging out in my house. I'm still enjoying myself mostly, even though I'm in having an increased state of existential dread and anxiety about the world around me. I still like being at home though. I still like my family. I still like my baby daughter. She's really awesome. Uh, yeah, let's see. I'm waiting for a package from FedEx. My whole family is napping right now, even though it's uh, 1.30 in the afternoon on a beautiful Saturday. But uh, we were all up late last night. Uh, well, Jane went to bed on time, but I, I stayed up till like 1 o'clock doing some drinking and zooming, which is always a good time on a Friday night. Saw my old friend Kelly, caught up with her. That was pretty cool. Some of the usual suspects. Uh, it was a good time. And uh, I gotta, I'm got. i waiting right now for the booze delivery because apparently that's what you do when you live in your house for 147 days. Uh, you, you're highfalutin rule you used to have about not drinking at home and only drinking with friends all that goes out the window man i don't know why i'm telling you this because you're going through the exact same thing wherever you are and you know exactly what's going on but yeah apparently i have three different booze packages coming (laughs) it's a little out of control i don't know i have like five different chartreuses and four different amaros and some more house wine aperitif wine-based aperitif coming uh, so yeah, I don't know which one's in this FedEx truck, but it's exciting. There'll be some more booze. That's really not the last thing I need right now. Um, I'm a little hungover. I'm not going to lie, but I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah. You know, coronavirus is an, is a motherfucker, man. I don't use that word very often. It's kind of a gross word. I should, I should delete that, but we'll move on. Uh, it's interesting. Everyone, I hear the same story, right? Like I've heard some variation of this story like a thousand times. Like when I catch up with old friends, I do a lot of catching up with old friends. You know, it's kind of nice. It's one of the nice things about coronavirus. But anyway, they all tell the same story. They 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 tried to go to an outing with some other close friends that they've been maybe quarantined with or they trust really well, and they go to their house and it was all supposed to be outdoors and wearing masks. But inevitably, one asshole shows up. Usually, the asshole is somebody that another friend brought, so it's like three degrees removed. Sometimes it's a relative in this story, and one person's version of the story was a relative. But usually, it's someone they don't know, and somehow that person ends up trying to hug them. And like, I just feel like you know, I don't really leave the house except for to go to groceries, and uh, yeah, that's basically it. And I get pizza takeout once a week for for my wife. And, you know, that's a lot of that is privilege. I'm able to not leave the house. Right. I'm I'm not I'm not saying that to be smug. I'm just saying I don't have these experiences. But like it seems to me if you leave the house, there's just enough assholes out there to ruin it pretty much every time. So (laughs) that's that's the the reports I'm getting from the field from, from my friends out there. So I don't know, you know, every day I, uh, I type the numbers into my 750 words. I, I you know, look at the, the Hopkins dashboard and I look at the North Carolina dashboard and I check out my hometown of Fairbanks, Alaska too, and type in the numbers, look at the hospitalization rates, but that's really it. I'm not like, you know, 
reading every article about the science. I have a lot of friends that are like, they, they, they feel, you can tell they feel like a need to understand the coronavirus. So they, they're really gone deep. They read like the latest papers. They, uh, you know, all the science all the time. I don't do that too much of that. I'm not, I'm not, I don't really, you know, it's a disease. Uh, I know you can sort of get your head around it, but I don't, I don't know. I'm not really, I'm not really doing it that way. I'm not really a Fauci groupie. That guy, he's fine. You know, he's cool. (laughs) There definitely seems to be one psychological reaction to all of this that people have that like, if any human being speaks common sense in public, they're suddenly a hero. And it seems like it's a pretty low bar to me. So I guess maybe I'm still kind of just bitter that that's all you have to do to be like, you know, universally loved these days. Like, uh, you know, like Cuomo, that guy kind of sucks but he did really good briefings so everybody thinks he's great but he, he's not great man that guy sucks uh anyway i i, I just think i'm probably never gonna go anywhere for like another year uh my mother has come to terms with that she kept thinking i could get up there or she could get down here and i think she knows that's not gonna happen for a while now one of her you know she listened this is uh it's a residential community for old people. It's not a nursing home. It's not like an assisted living facility. They just all live together. It's like a dorm. It's pretty awesome, actually. But anyway, one of her friends there, you know, I mean, it's what we all want, right? She's just growing old in her hometown with a bunch of her friends all in the same building. It's awesome. Um, but they flew out. They went out. You know, they left the state, and then they, they said they were pretty safe. But coming back, you know, you get, it's, it's, it's so funny because it's like this reminds me of college. You get to the SeaTac and you get to the gate for the plane going to Fairbanks, and like all bets are off, man. That like people on the plane would put their masks on when the flight attendants walked by. And as soon as the flight attendant walked by, they would take them off again. And my mom's friend, like, you know, called the flight attendant and complained and the people would have their mask on when the flight attendant arrived there. And then when the flight attendant left, they just took their mask off. And so like they're gaslighting my mom's friends and being unsafe. But the story at least had the benefit of making my mother finally understand that maybe flying wasn't an awesome idea. You know, a lot of people are getting around this. It's pretty cool. I think a lot of people, it's, it's like, you know, my friend Nick is buying a, a camper trailer. They're going to drive to Texas from North Carolina. That's really awesome. Uh, a lot of people are realizing, I got some other friends that are in California, and this, they're going to head west, head east this fall and on the road. And I got some other friends that just moved, drove from Texas to North Carolina and camped along the way. A lot of people can get around this like airplanes being terrible thing by driving to see their family, but I can't because I have to drive through Canada and uh, they're not going to let me in <laughs> for one thing, right? Why would they let a creepy American in right now? And, you know, I did that. I've done that drive a bunch. I did the drive a few years back with my dad from Fairbanks, Alaska down here to North Carolina. And it's not bad. It's a good drive, but, you know, uh, doing it both directions is an awful lot. And, uh, there's significant parts of the drive without the internet. So I got another friend, this guy, Will, he's driving around the country and camping in his Tesla and he just works, you know, using cellular, but I can't, there's significant parts of the drive have no signal. So I couldn't do that. I couldn't just keep working like other people did. I literally don't think I could go see my parents. I mean, I guess I could drive to California and buy a boat and then sail to, I guess, like Whittier. And then take the train from Whittier into Anchorage and buy a car and drive to Fairbanks. I guess that would work. That seems like a lot of work, though. So I don't really know. It's kind of bumming me out a little bit. But, you know, I like my house. This is, it could be worse. I think, I'll, you know, I cracked a joke on a, on a Zoom call with one of my 15 lawyers this week. And I was like, 
Yeah, you know, I think all of America could do another six months of this if we all swapped places. Everybody that was in a family situation, like, got to do the next six months alone. Everybody that had a job got to do the next six months without a job. Everybody that didn't have a job got to do the next six months with a job. <laughs> Preferably one that keeps them at home that's paying decently. Like, if we all just got to switch it up once, we could do it again for, for a while longer. I think I think that would be... A, that would be something that'd be cool. But I mean, honestly, I, we're, I'm pretty good. I'm profoundly lucky Jane doesn't know what's going on and doesn't really have friends. It's a little sad because I know now she's at the age that she'd be excited to see other kids. Like, you know, when they're like one years old, they don't, they don't, they don't care at all. They just lay there next to each other, you know, but like, no, she, she was getting into seeing kids when she, when this all started. So, uh, that's a, that's a little sad, but she doesn't know. So that's cool. Uh, yeah, so, you know, house life's going well. Chatham County, as far as I can tell, is still out there. Uh, you know, I want to go to the grocery store. Everybody here is wearing masks. Um, they did a statewide survey, and our county came in third with 90% mask compliance, 90.5%. The highest in the state was the next county over, Orange County, where Chapel Hill is. Good for them. Surprise, surprise. Big college town, 93.5% compliance. So, yeah, you know, good for us, man. That's pretty cool. Uh, it does seem to be leveling off a little bit. Uh, the hospitalization is still at an all-time high in North Carolina. But, uh, you know, it's it's. I think maybe it's leveling off. But I wouldn't say it's getting better yet. And, uh, you know... It's, it's, it's a jungle out there, man. Food shortage is still happening. It's pretty weird. I had to import some chili paste recently. That's kind of strange. Uh, the garden's doing well. I spend a lot of time in there. What I've been doing now is I get up in the morning really early. Uh, well, not really early. I get up at 7, but you know, I push my alarm clock back about half an hour to give myself some time alone before Jane wakes up. I, I put on my, my posh noise-canceling headphones that Emma bought me for Christmas when I was working on the Defective Frequency album and I would listen to mixes in bed. Actually, I think it was my birthday. Whatever. It was a gift from my wife. And uh, I put them on and I, I play like a nice mellow morning song and I have the headphones in pass-through mode, you know, so you can hear the outside world. And I go out on the porch and I watch the sort of the sunrise over the pond while I'm watering the plants and there's a rooster crowing in the distance. And I'm like, yeah, man, this is awesome. And then I go upstairs and I feed the kitties. I do that without Jane most mornings because she doesn't want to leave the kitties and then she'll throw a fit. But, uh, you know, so I feed the kitties and then I go into the garage and I've got like a little nursery growing station there I told you guys about with the UV lights and I'm growing a bunch of seedlings and some snow peas and some cucumbers and a bunch of basil. And I water all that and, you know, and then I go into the laundry room and I check the like things that I'm, you know, the, the, the very, very small things that I'm doing from cuttings in the water is in the windowsill in the laundry room. And I do all that in the morning while listening to beautiful music before I go get Jane. And it's really nice. That's, that's probably the best time of the day. And then, you know. Jane and I spend like an hour together. She sits on my lap. I write my Facebook post. I've taught her a really great new game called Just Lie There, which is awesome. <laughs> uh, so I finished my Facebook post and I got a new chair. I got a new like uh, gaming chair. It's uh, you know, 400 bucks. That's a lot of money for a gaming chair, but it's, you know, compared to like Herman Miller's and shit, it's a bargain. It's by Secret Labs. I ordered it like three months ago. It took forever to come, but because they're back ordered because everybody's buying chairs, but it's pretty comfy and it lays back. It's got a headrest and like, so I lay back in the chair and I say, just lie there. And Jane just crawls up on me and lies on my stomach and we just lie there and it's lovely. 
So that's really nice. And then, uh, you know, we go get breakfast, come back and she tends to wander off and play by herself at that point. Cause secretly she's pooping. And then I change her diaper and then Janet comes and takes over. And then I get about an hour and a half alone. And that's lovely as well. I'm working, but you know, I catch up with my coworkers. I'll do my deliverables. Uh, it's nice, man. It's nice. It's a good routine I got going on here. Um, yeah, I'm into it. The tomatoes had some end rot. I didn't know what that was, but like bottoms of tomatoes are getting really leathery. It's a circumstance from all the heat they've been getting. You know, I mean, we had like, we've had 30 days in a row over 90 feels like a hundred. Uh, but today's a little cooler and we got some rain the last few days. So I think that most of the new tomatoes don't aren't exhibiting end rot. Uh, I ordered some end rot fertilizer spray from a gardening company trying to avoid Amazon and uh, it has not come yet so I haven't really got that and some special phosphorus based uh, fertilizer I don't know where that stuff is I need to check on that order this is what happens I've really tried to order stuff from places other than Amazon but then like order tracking is a pain and they don't really update you I ordered a chest freezer from Best Buy was it Best Buy? Home Depot um, in April I'm supposed to get delivered this week, and I went up there this week. They had not emailed me at all, but if I go and log into my account and check my order, they now tell me it's not coming till September. So that was a bummer. But you know, like maybe an up, maybe an order update. That wouldn't be terrible. Anyway, Jane's good. Other than that, just lie there. It's a great game. <laughs> She's starting to exhibit interest in getting potty trained. She is weaning finally. That is pretty cool. She hasn't had boob in like five days, six days. You know, she's getting too old for this stuff. So, you know, we're trying to, to make a woman out of her. <laughs> that sounds creepy. I don't mean that. But uh, she's good. She's happy. She 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 can say Jane is happy. She's full sentences. I mean, it's rare now that, you know, there's words she doesn't know, but she, she gets typing. She gets she gets that words are made of letters. She spells things. She's doing basic math like four plus one equals five. You know, she gets what math is sort of now. Um Janet, man, she's like a miracle worker. She spends an hour and a half just teaching her each day and then another half hour in the evening. This is another big innovation. It's so hot and so humid here. Real feels been like 105 for about a month now that like we, you know, we want to take a walk every day and get some exercise. Our, our, our house is on a half mile street, but there's a very steep hill on that street. So if you walk up the half mile and back the half mile, you get a mile walk with a good uphill in there. Right. And so we like to do it every day, but with Jane, she just wants to play and it, they, we were, they were taking up to an hour to do these walks. And so you don't really get any exercise and you're out in this heat, this stifling heat for like hours. So for a while we almost gave up, but then Janet volunteered to watch Jane an extra 20 minutes each day. So she just watches her in the evening while Emma and I do the walk really fast, thus getting our heart beating and getting some real exercise out of the whole affair. And, you know, like we power walk it versus like the stroll we would do with her. And, uh, but yeah, that between that and the morning, Jane is, Janet's just like teaching her so much. It's crazy. You know, she used to be a teacher before she was a therapist. And so like, it's just like, she's basically got like a classroom of one and it's awesome. She learns new things all day. I'm teaching her too. <laughs> Maybe not as useful stuff, but she, <laughs> she knows what a security token is. <laughs> she can distinguish between the Chase Bank and the Bank of America websites. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. She's just going to be a little CEO someday like her daddy. <laughs> anyway, yeah, she's doing well. Kitties are doing well. They're getting bigger. Uh, they, they got, we're going to have to go take them in soon to get them fixed. That's going to be kind of a hassle, but it'll be fun to go back to the weird goat house refuge farm kitty asylum goat farm thing out in the woods near us. That'll be cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. Life's all right here. Life's all right here. You know, the rest of the world's obviously kind of shitty, uh, but I think we're going to, you know, 
I've been doing a lot of thinking about this, like politics. I did, somebody actually asked me to write an essay about my, my political writing on Facebook and how I'm willing to do it again. And, you know, I told the story of how I used to like not really talk politics on this podcast and on Facebook, but I think I took it a little too far for the last few weeks on Facebook. And, you know, I wrote a whole post proposing and outlining a truth and reconciliation committee under the Biden administration. I wrote a whole other post explaining to my readers what like the history of standing and judicial trials in the United States <laughs> and the various interpretations of Article three, because, you know, that like ended up being an issue in the the June medical abortion case that just happened. It ended up being an issue when the state of Oregon tried to sue to get the goon squads out of Portland. Standing is actually very fascinating. But I was just like, man, you know, like people keep texting me and telling me they like these posts bring them a little bit of joy in the day. And it is my duty to like try and keep people politically aware that maybe aren't. But I mean, you know, I think I might be getting a little into the, the, the preachy vibe here and I'm, I need to pull it back a little bit. So I think that's going to apply to this week's episode of the podcast as well. Um, I had a very big concern that people thought I like didn't care. It's a real problem, especially on Instagram, right? Like people just, there are still people that are posting nothing but political stuff on Instagram every day. And I use Instagram like a normal person. Like I post pictures of my kid and you know, on this disappearing stories and that's about it. <laughs> and so I'm like, I don't want these people to think I don't care. So, you know, I don't know. That's, that was a big part of it. But I think I've established to you all at this point, I'm a political junkie and I care and we can take a week off. Let's take a week off. Uh, yeah. So the archiving stuff has been fun. I got this new label printer. It's the greatest thing in the world. I ordered like seven different types of label media and I'm labeling everything in the house. And every time I label something, it gives me a deep sense of satisfaction. Uh, I have, I have like, uh, as you probably know, I talk about it all the time. I have this server in the closet, this QNAP server, and it's 12 drive bays across three modules. And two of the modules are expansion chassis and they look exactly alike. And I always couldn't remember which one was which. <laughs> and when I had done that server rack reorganization, I was like, Oh God, it was time machine on the right or it's cold storage on the right. And I was like, I can label it. So now they have these beautiful labels on each one of them. I, I, I mixed up some uh, cayenne pepper spray, like squirrel repellent in a, in a bottle. I spray around the garden. Totally works, by the way. My squirrel problem is completely solved. I have beaten the squirrels. They are not as smart as the groundhogs and Caddyshack Day, which was my largest fear. But yeah, they're they're gone, man. They've given up. You just cayenne pepper does the trick. Capsaicin. Luckily, I grow a ton of it, so that works. Anyway, I labeled that as a squirrel repellent bottle. That was really satisfying. I labeled my bin of labels. <laughs> it's the best. I swear to God, I'm probably gonna put a label on this microphone that says microphone. It's just, it's fantastic. Uh, anyway, so then the QNAP has been like a giant misery the whole time. I don't know. I screwed everything up. Somehow, uh, they said there was a firmware update for one of the expansion chassis and I ran the firmware update and it's like, okay, you got to restart the chassis now. I'm like, okay, cool. So I restart the chassis and like, I guess coincidentally, but exactly at that moment, one of the drives in the expansion chassis died, right? So that's a drag. Uh, you know, I'm like, okay, well, this is, you know, this is a time to prove my theory that this is my system is sound, right? This is a raid five array in here. So it's four drives and raid five is built to be redundant. If one drive goes, you still have all your data. And I'm like, that, that actually worked. Like the drive was still mounted and it's like disc three is garbage, but you can still read and write to this raid. So I'm like, all right, well, that's cool. So I got to replace this. I had another six terabyte disc lying around. So I threw it in there and it didn't work. And I didn't know why. And like none of the, none of the features are like, you know, the, the menu items that I needed were dimmed out and stuff. 
So finally I was like, all right, I'm going to, oh, and then in doing this, I kept restarting and trying different stuff. And I made it so like I lost the other raid as well, the cold storage raid. That one just like disappeared as well. And like now they both weren't mounted. And I'm like, oh God, this is terrible. And then I started freaking out and I was like, this is the only backup I ever have of these things. I mean, not really, like it's not, but you know, it would have been a giant hassle, right? Like obviously the time machine is the backup. We have our computers right now. And, uh, whoa. Yeah. And you know, cold storage, I have my stuff backed up, but Emma doesn't necessarily have hers. I don't know. Maybe she does, but whatever, you know, it's just not good. So I was like this today, this is the week I figure out how to get this stuff onto cloud backup because the QNAP has this whole ability to take the whole thing and back it up to cloud backup. And so I figure out how to sign up for an Amazon S3, uh, glacier account, which is their cold storage deep storage, super cheap pricing option. And I get my credentials and my secret key and I go to the control panel in there and I put them in and it just doesn't work. <laughs> and I'm just like, Oh my God, this is the worst. So I'm just like at wit's end. So if I, I, I fill two, file two support tickets with QNAP with very little hope. QNAP is a Taiwanese company. I don't even know what kind of presence they have in America. I'm like, okay, this isn't going to work. But actually, very quickly, within two hours, they get back to me. They give me this like code to put into a control panel that lets them fix it for me. They offered. They said, you can do this in the command line or we can do it for me. I'm like, do it for me, please. So I put this code into the, com the control panel and then they can take control and they got both of the raids back mounted. And then like, they helped me with like, okay, yeah, the reason that this isn't rebuilding in the, in the time machine one is the disc that's in there that you've replaced it with is bad. I'm like, oh, okay. I thought it was a new disc, but I guess it was a bad disc. That's why it was just lying there. So I had to get a new disc. And, uh, so I got a new disc. It came a few days later. I stuck it in automatically rebuilt. That was awesome. So they fixed everything there. Support is actually very good and it was awesome, except for they could not figure out what was up with cold storage. They just, I'm like, look, it's not working. They're like, well, check your credentials. I'm like, I do. I have an app on my Mac. I can put the credentials in and read and write to my Amazon S3 account. And they're like, they just dropped the bucket, the ball, the ball on that one, dropped the ball. <laughs> and um, so I was like, oh, this is, you know, maybe I'll just give up. And I was like, no, I'm not going to give up. And so I remember there's another service called Backblaze. My friend Doug uses it. And I was like, well, maybe I can do this with Backblaze because I saw it as an option in the control panel. Like, do you use S3 or this, you know, this cloud service, this cloud service, but Backblaze. I'm like, oh, maybe I can use Backblaze. So I go up there and Backblaze does, in fact, have an S3-like service called Backblaze B2. And it's just got like, oh, my God, the interface is like night and day. It's like a layperson can use it. You don't have to do things in code or command lines like you do with Amazon. And it like, I got my key and my secret key. I made a storage bucket and I like go up to the QNAP and I type it in and I make a backup job and it just worked. I mean, you know, it backed up 12 terabytes over the internet. So it took four days and now it's doing another five to do cold storage, but, uh, it works. It just works and it just sinks and it backs up every day to the internet. So, you know, it's going to be like $50 a month. That's going to suck. But uh, Emma rightfully pointed out that between that and my parents not visiting anymore, I have lost both of my stated rationales for the storage unit and that that's like would save me more than I'm going to spend on Backblaze. And I was like, no, don't take my storage unit away. So I don't know. I'm a little, I'm a little nervous about that. <laughs> Anyway, the project's not quite done. I'm still doing, uh, it's still cranking through the cold storage first backup to Backblaze, and I've only rebuilt one of the two QNAP arrays. The other one has a warning on disk three. It still works disk three. I don't know why it's always disk three, too. It just it gives me an uneasy feeling about QNAP, but it could all just be a coincidence, you know what I mean? But it turns out their support is really good, so I feel better about QNAP now. 
Um, but you know, the one that has the warning disc on it is cold storage and that's what's backing up the backblaze right now. So once the backup's done in like three days, I will swap out that disc and rebuild it as well. And it should be that the whole QNAP is working great again, which is great because for like four days it was just beeping at us. <laughs> I had to wait across the weekend because I was this whole problem started last Friday and like I had to wait across the weekend to finish with the support team because they don't work on the weekend. And I just left the, the QNAP beeping all weekend. That was kind of rough. <laughs> it's another thing, by the way, that is an option in the control panel to turn off the beeps and it didn't do anything. So I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but it's mostly, it's mostly all working again and I feel pretty good about it. Uh, put a bunch of stuff up in Plex if you're one of those people. Uh, Starship Troopers. <laughs> My friend Paul asked me about it, and I thought it was up there, but it wasn't. So I got I got the DVD from or the Blu-ray from Netflix, and I ripped it. And it's got a lot of good making of content too. If you're really into Starship Troopers, uh, put Cruel Intentions up there because Nikki asked for it. And uh, I I don't know if I can bear to rewatch Cruel Intentions. I, I bet it, like he he kind of pointed out that it's it's pretty creepy that these people are way too young to be doing the things they're doing, which I remember from the plot, but I haven't really, you know, but it's, I don't know. But if you're, if you're into that sort of thing, it's up there. Uh, the ninth gate, <laughs> the, uh, Johnny Depp, uh, Roman Polanski film. Wow. There's a problematic duo. <laughs> Uh, I saw it in the theater when it came out. I remember being kind of interesting. And my friend Nick told me it was worth a rewatch. So I grabbed that. Uh, I put the Nick Cave concert up. Idiot Prayer, his live at Alexandria Palace that he did last week, which is fantastic, by the way. It's just him at a piano. Very prettily lit. Though I'm not a really big fan of the version of... Uh, Papa won't leave you Henry he did. It's just weird, but the rest of it is just beautiful. So that's worth a watch if, if you're into that. Uh, I put the wisdom of crocodiles up. So, you know, in part of my, another of my archiving projects this week, uh, yeah, I should mention this. I am in the archiving section. Uh, so as you know, I do a daily Facebook post and I put a mix on it and I've been running out of CD mixtapes. I ripped all the cassette mixtapes. I ripped all the CD mixtapes and I was like, what am I going to do next? And, uh, I remember there was a bunch of mixes in handwritten mixes in my notebooks. So I, you know, my journal is a million pages and, uh, you know, at some point in maybe 99 or 2000, I moved over to like live journal and then it was all on the cloud-based ever since. But, uh, up to that point I would print them out and put them in binders predominantly. So there's about 20 binders in the library of old journal. And then there's about 15 notebooks because occasionally I, you know, try to be like a regular human being and write my notebook journal in a notebook and I have my old college notebooks and things like that. So I went through them all to find any mixtape lists I did, right? Because when I make a mixtape for a friend back in the day, I would write down what I was putting on the tape on a list in a, in a notebook before making the J card for the tape. Because sometimes, you know, a song might get cut off and you got to redo it and or you want to make the, the tape a nice artwork. So, you know, I just write, scratch down the list and then I made the list for the card later. So I have all these lists. So I've been making these tape, these mixtapes into Plex, or I'm sorry, into Spotify. So, you know, on the daily Facebook post now, I can post Spotify mixes instead because that's what people always wanted. They got annoyed with me for doing these downloads. Although people aren't really listening to them, but I don't really care. It doesn't matter. It, it's I'm doing it for myself mainly. So um, anyway, I got all these notebooks, all my old college notebooks, a couple old journals. And uh, there was one notebook that had like my notes from going to the Toronto Film Festival in, uh, I think, 1999. And I wrote about this movie, this vampire movie with, Jiz uh, Jiz <laughs> with Jude Law 
called The Wisdom of Crocodiles at the time, although they have since renamed it and it's called Immortality. And uh, I was like reading about it. I'm like, oh, I forgot all about this movie. Oh my God, it's got Alina Lowenson in it. I love her. And I was like, I don't even remember it. And in the notes, I said it was good. So I was like, okay, I got to rewatch that. So I downloaded it. There are several other movies in there that I love that I had forgotten about in these notes. And I tried to find them and they're just not anywhere because they are film festival releases, you know? It's kind of a bummer, but that one was there, and uh, so now it's in my plex. And uh, just yesterday, Dark Waters came from Netflix, so that's up there. I'm probably going to watch that this week. Emma has got a bunch of work again, so I'm watching stuff on my own. So, you know, I'll probably get through some of these movies. Uh, yeah. And then, so the notebooks are great. I found a bunch of old journals. found one from 98 that just, I was like, oh, God, I'm such a sad sack. And I'm so, like, pining over every woman. I want every woman for myself. And, like, I want no other man to have a woman. And, like, I'm so melodramatic. And, oh, my God, it's insufferable. It's really hard to read some of those sometimes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then it's, like, people I'm in love with that I literally don't remember are some woman named Caroline. I don't even know who it is. I had a friend named Caroline in, like, 92, but I didn't know her anymore by 98. I don't know who this person is. But, anyway, I was in love with her. Uh, along with like 20 other people. And like, I never really acknowledge in it anywhere. Like I will go on and on and on about how much I love this person. And then like, you know, I mean, the entries are like a month or two apart. So it spans like eight months. So, you know, I mean, there's a little bit of time compression, but like, you know, the next entry, I'll be talking about how much I love this other person. I'm like, what what happened to that other person? (laughs) Uh, It's a mess. It's embarrassing. I was, I was so melodramatic back then. God. Uh, anyway, uh, aside from that, it's been pretty fun reading through them. I found uh, two Toronto Film Festival notebooks, which is great. And uh, I found, you know, oh, I found like, um, uh, what was it? Uh, I don't remember. Just, you know, random odds and ends. Maybe like 50 pages of journal total, not a ton. So I've transcribed them and I printed them out. And I actually think I'm going to do that tomorrow, but like they're sitting on the printer. I'm going to fold them and just fold them into the printed books of the appropriate years of journals that I made back in the day and then save the files and the folders of the book files. Uh, if I was being really anal, I would relay out the books and order new press copies from Lulu. But those books are like 50 bucks each. I just don't feel like doing that. I'm not going to do that. You can't make me do that. Don't make me do it. Okay, I'll do it. No, I won't do it. I won't do it. But really, man, I got to tell you, this week has been, these last two weeks, I have listened to an extraordinary amount of music. I don't really know how to do this in a way that isn't just like reading off a list as quickly as possible because there is, let's see here, let me count, uh, maybe like 50 records. It's a lot. So I think we're going to, I'm going to try and not go too fast, but I'm going to try and not go too slow. I apologize. I don't know. You know, I was like partially uh, a couple friends sent me like long playlists. Uh, my friend John Whitney sent me like his recent like uh, radio show playlists. Uh, my friend Gareth sent me a bunch of recommendations. So like that that was some of it. Some of it was like, um, I don't know. I can't explain it. I just a ton of stuff, a ton of stuff. Uh, with Discogs, I sold five, six CDs this last two weeks. Um, I'm very close to my 500th order. I think I have like, I might like 497. So by the time that we have this podcast again, I might have hit my 500th Discogs order. That's a milestone to look forward to in this desolate, dark, depressing time. Uh, I sold a sixth com CD, Mother Destruction. Uh, I think they're a bunch of fascists. I haven't like looked it up again and, uh, I don't really want to know, but I was happy to get rid of it. Kind of like death in June. Uh, so that's gone. Uh, I saw the factory record CD called little big band. It's self-titled EP by a uh, little big band. And uh, that was, that went for a lot. That was like 40 bucks. And I took all that money and I turned around and I spent, <laughs> spent it on the vinyl of the new Taylor Swift. So I was like, easy come, easy go. Uh, and then I sold the, uh, 
three CDs that weren't mine. I, you may recall my friend Tikva a while back, like, um, sent me all her CDs to sell. So these three, these three were hers. Dent May, the good feeling music of Dent May and his magnificent ukulele. I haven't even listened to it yet, but I'll give it a shot. And two electronic albums by an act called Time Code, 98.2 and 99.2. Uh, I don't, you know, I listened to them a little bit. It's pretty straight ahead, mellow, cool, electronic, underworldish. Uh, and then I saw the Stars of the Lid CD. That was really sad. I love that band. I might go see what's up with them on vinyl. I haven't done that yet, but God, they're fantastic. I don't know if you guys are fans. It's like ambient, strong ambient, I guess you could call it. I, I got to see them a bunch in the 90s, and they are just so good live. They just, and they're a side project, the Dead Texan as well. Uh, but this one was Stars of the Lid and the Refinement of the Decline. Beautiful album. God, those guys were so good. I miss them so much. Uh, so anyway, that's what I sold. Uh, and then what came in five vinyl albums. I got the new Jarvis album. Uh, Jarv is beyond the pale Jarvis Cocker, formerly of pulp has a new album. It's called beyond the pale. I liked it a lot. And then, uh, my friend, um, on Facebook was like, this is the greatest album he's done in years. And I was like, Oh really? Is it? And I went and listened to it again. I was like, man, you know, he's kind of right. This is really good. <laughs> Because the first listen, I'm just like, well, it's not pulp and it's not running the world and it's not black magic and it's just not that good. And then I'm like, actually, as an album as a whole, it's coherent and solid and interesting. So, you know, it's solid. Prop to him. Uh, and then I ordered a bunch of stuff. Um, as you know, I've been obsessed with The Call. So I ordered that The Call and Robert LeVon Bean, tribute to Michael Bean. Uh, brief recap, Robert LeVon Bean is the lead singer of Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. His father was Michael Bean, the lead singer of The Call. Michael Bean died while uh, doing sound for Black Rebel Motorcycle Club at a festival in Denmark. And he later on came, but they, they played a show in Los Angeles where Robert sang his father's parts with The Call. And they put it out as a double album, and it's fantastic. And I'm totally obsessed with The Call these days. <laughs> so I ordered that record, and when I ordered it, they were like... Uh, every time I order something from Discogs, I check to see if they, you know, have a want list in Discogs. And so if that seller has something on my want list, I might order it because you can save more money on shipping. And so I did. I ordered uh, Suicide, Alan Vega, Martin Rev, second album. It's fantastic. Uh, I got the new uh, translucent, I think, clear vinyl of Mazzy Star's first album, She Hangs Brightly. And I, got, I, thought, I, didn't, I thought I owned this, but I didn't. I, did, I got a vinyl copy of Let It Come Down by Spiritualized because it's just a fantastic album. And I mean, I have everything by them on vinyl all the way back to the beginning of Spaceman 3. So why do I not own that one album? It was weird. So I got that. Uh, so that's the vinyl for the week. Uh, yeah, pretty good. Felt pretty good about that. There's a lot coming. I feel like I've ordered a ton, but that's all that showed up so far. Uh, and then I ordered a Beat Happening t-shirt in pink because <laughs> I love Beat Happening so much. And, uh, I don't know. I just wanted one and they sent me a free Kelvin Johnson CD with it before the dream faded. And I listened to it and it's really good. I didn't even know it existed. This solo Calvin Johnson album. So that was cool. I was into that. And there's everything I listened to on Spotify this week, two weeks. My God. It's so much. It's so much. All right, here we go. First one, Ian William Craig, he read sun through smoke. It's a fantastic record. He's a solo musical artist of the noisy atmospheric singer songwriter vein. I would say something like Anthony and the Johnson's early work might be uh, comparable. It is fantastic. Uh, John was not kidding. He said it was like his favorite artist of, of recent time and it's great. And then he sent me a video of the guy playing at like a, it was so weird. It was like the dude playing at a coffee shop or something. And it was just like watching like, I, I can't even explain it. You know, <laughs> like, like when that classical violinist played in union station, you know, <laughs> like it was just so out of place and beautiful and amazing. 
uh, imaginary softwoods, annual flowers and color. It's a, a Sam Valenti from Ghost Police sent me that one. It's like a really good sort of classical amb- ambient album. I didn't ever heard of them, uh, but I really liked it. It was awesome, uh, mellow electronic ambient music. Started thinking about the Magic Markers again. They're uh, like a they're like a New England band. Uh, in the they're friends with my sister when she was in Sunburn Hand of the Man, and I kind of knew them back then. They're really I, I just liked them as people, and I, I liked their music back then. And I was like I haven't thought about them in years. Um, this is all because uh, Mark from Sunburn and Juno passed away, and I was you know people have been posting photos and stuff like that, and I was like wow what's what's up with the Magic Markers lately. And uh, so I listened to their last three albums. Uh, one just came out during quarantine called Isolated from Exterior Time 2020. And I listened to the two before that, Surrender the Fantasy and Balf Corey. And they're great. The Magic Markers are still a great band. They're still like keeping it real in the experimental Western Massachusetts way. You know what I mean? The, uh, the sunburn slash uh, sonic youth slash ecstatic peace slash Byron Coley vein of Western Mass. A lot of good stuff going out there in Western Mass. Uh, listen to the new El Goulding album, Brightest Blue. It's fine. It's a good pop record. It wasn't it wasn't amazing. It's not her best work, but it's solid. Um, then uh, Node, G-N-O-D, and Wow, Pay Philippe. <laughs> this is another John Whitney one. It's a very tribal instrumental album called Faca de Fogo. It's awesome, actually. It really reminded me of the first Delirium album before they went electronic. I doubt anybody here has ever heard that record. It's, but it's you know, kind of atmospheric tribal, and it was great. Reminded me of early 90s experimental rock, basically. Uh, MJ Gilder, MJ Gweeder, sorry, G-U-I-D-E-R. Uh, Green Plastic EP is a minimalist drone thing I was really into. Uh, that was another John Whitney recommendation. A lot, I think this whole batch is, well, except for Ed L. Goulding and Magic Markers. <laughs> and then Kachina Povera and ELS, the or- Oyster Catcher. That was another uh, dark atmospheric one. Uh, kind of goth, lady, woman, singer. And uh, I liked it. It reminded me of like sort of uh, the first Dead Can Dance album. Uh, and then three, an album and two EPs by an, <laughs> this group is so great. Larry Curl, a guy I went to high school with, he lives in Portland and he keeps posting songs by these people on my Facebook posts and they're just the best. They're called Euro motion and they're like a parody of a Euro synth band and they're fantastic. And their first album, one of them is called Euro motion is coming. One of them is called get serious. And one of them is called perfect world more than friends. They are not on Spotify, but they are on YouTube. And also, if you Google Euromotion, their old record label has all three of these available for download as zip, which is what I did. <laughs> They're just fantastic. So hit me up if you want them. It's really funny. It's good. It's like a, an entire band doing endless songs in the vein of You'll Dance to Anything, uh, instant club hit by the Dead Milkman, but way funnier. It's great. Euromotion, man. Strong recommend. Uh, and then I led a band called Mammut, M-A-M-M-U-T. Uh, I think there's just a couple singles, Sun and Me and Fire and Kinder. They were great. They are like a dark, sort of kind of gothy in the like uh, drab majesty-ish way. No, not that gothy. And more rock, more guitar uh, with, a, with a woman singing. And uh, it was great. It's just a single, uh, Sun and Me by Mammut, but it was really good. This guy, Michael C. Sharp, Live Not a Low Life. It's like a very, very textured electronic ambient, maybe in the like, um, you know, like Tim Hecker or somebody like that. Uh, it's really good. I've listened to two records of his, and Michael C. Sharp is awesome. It's, it's really solid. House of Harm, uh, Gothy Shoegaze Band, Coming of Age. That was fantastic. Really into House of Harm. Strong recommend there. And then Gareth sent me a couple uh, from this label called Speedy Wonderground, uh, one called Black Country New Road, an EP called Sunglasses. It sounds like the fall. It's really awesome. I really was into that. Very solid. And then uh, an act called Squid. 
just a, a two song EP sludge broadcaster. It's like a darker version of Algiers, like, uh, you know, rock, almost a little punk kind of raw, maybe like early bad seeds or Nikki sudden or something like that. Very good squid, super into them. JFDR is like a uh, Icelandic sparse sort of uh, Icelandic sounding thing. <laughs> it's a genre. I'm working on a playlist of just Icelandic sounding Icelandic music. But uh, two albums by her. It's a her. New Dreams in Brazil. And those are fantastic. I've been listening to those a lot. They're really good. Sarah Mary Chadwick. Album called Please Daddy. Sounds a little like a country angel Olsen. And it's really good. Uh, I really enjoyed it a lot. Uh, Sarah, Sarah Mary Chadwick. Can't remember who recommended that one to me. But that was really good. There's a new Diet Sig album out. I really love Diet Sig. I learned about them three, four years ago at South by Southwest at the Do Stuff Party and at Hotel Vegas, which is like, oh my God, I miss it so much. God, I miss Austin. I miss Hotel Vegas. I miss live music, but Diet Sig is fantastic. They have a new album called Do You Wonder About Me? It's not it's probably, I didn't like it as much as the last one, but it is very solid still. And the, and the, the good songs are really, really solid. Worth a listen. New Wendy and Carl album, if you're into the ambient stuff. Uh, they actually sing a little bit on this one, which is kind of crazy. It's called Allegiance and Conviction, but mostly it sounds like Wendy and Carl. Very, very minimalist ambient. I liked it a lot, though. Another minimalist album. I think this is another John Whitney one. Uh, Jasazek, J-A-C-A-S-Z-E-K. He's a Polish composer, electronic minimalism. I listened to his new album called Music for Film. The guy's got like nine albums. I'll probably go through them all at some point, but uh, I was into that. There's a lot of ambient minimalist stuff. Not this last week, but the week before. It was a lot of it. Because I was plowing through a lot of John Whitney's old lists and catching up on that stuff. It was great, though. Uh, another one I really, really liked was Daniel Avery, Love and Light. It's, like, very good. It's, like, more... Uh, it's dark, but it's, like, up... It's It's got a beat. It's not, like... It's not ambient. Uh, it's, like, noisy in places. It's tribal in places. It's electronic in places. Uh... It's great, man. I was really into it. Daniel Avery. That guy's got some talent. Uh, and then I listened to a new album by another promising young artist named Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, man. Folklore. It's pretty good. I'm into it. Uh, you know, I'm, an, I'm a moderate national fan. I buy all their records. Uh, I'm super into the way she got this done in a pandemic when I can barely get anything done. So good for her. Uh, that's impressive. Uh, of course, she doesn't have a job or a kid. So, you know. Uh, and she has hundreds of millions of dollars. So maybe I could get something done if I was in that situation, but, uh, I like it, man. I'm into it. Uh, the good song. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's a little samey in places. Uh, I, before I heard it, I was going to, I made a prediction because I was, I'm getting kind of tired. Hold on a second. My headphones just messed up. Okay, sorry about that. Anyway, before I heard it, I assumed that I was going to not like the Jack Antonoff songs, and I was going to like the Aaron Dressner songs, and I do like the Aaron Dressner songs. Uh, I was getting a little sick of Jack Antonoff's production. It's all a little samey, and he can't do a good solo, but this album doesn't need good solos, and when I listened to the whole thing without looking at who did which ones, I ended up liking more of his songs than Aaron's, so... I think I, uh, an apology is due for me to Jack Antonoff. So, you know, drop me a line, Jack, and I'll say I'm sorry. You did a great job on this record. It's, 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 it's great. Uh, and, uh, you know, I said this on Facebook, and somebody kind of called me out, like, talking about the producers instead of Taylor. And I think that's fair. Uh, Taylor is obviously very talented on her own. I do often think of the combination of solo pop artists and the people that produce them in combination. It's not just her, but I mean, in no way do I mean to imply in any way, this is not an accomplishment for her. Right. I just find it interesting because there's these two different producers on it and you can compare and contrast and things like that. 
anyway, then I listened to Yeji. She's awesome. She lives in Brooklyn. She's Japanese, I think. She makes like weird sort of like uh, the album is called What We Drew and then a bunch of Japanese characters. I don't know if it's What We Drew in English and then What We Drew in Japanese or something else. I did not put it through a translator. Uh, but it's like smooth, cool club music. Sophisticated. She had a song last year called Rain Girl. I really like Make It Rain Girl, Make It Rain. Um, but yeah, the album's awesome. What We Drew, what we drew by Yeji, Y-A-E. J.I. Uh, then there's a new band on Deus Records called Spice, and it's a self-titled album, Spice, and it's awesome. It's like a droney space rock, but hard rocking, kind of like a... Ooh, I don't know. It's, it's, it feels familiar yet unique. It's very good. The lyrics are awesome, too. It's like very strong lyrics in it, and uh, I, it's a very impressive record. Self-titled album by a new band called Spice. Uh, and then I listened to the 12th record by Patti Smith called 12, which is a record of covers. Uh, Emma and I have been watching The Great, and they had her cover of Everybody Wants to Rule the World at the end credits of one of them. And I was like, oh, I got to listen to that. And then I was like, oh, I didn't even know about this Patti Smith album. Because when I got my Patti Smith obsession like three years ago, that album was not yet on Spotify. But now it is. Uh, some of the covers are really good. Some of them are not so good. It's it's a mixed bag, but they're pretty good. Uh, then I listened to the GTR self-titled album. GTR is, of course, a super group. <laughs> This is like my friend Sean Drinkwater Salt. He mentioned him, and I was like, oh, I don't think I've ever actually listened to that whole record. I guess I got to listen to it. It's uh, Howe and Hackett, Steve Howe and Steve Hackett from Yes and Genesis. Uh, it's it's what you would think it would be. I was not that impressed. You know, it's it's sort of like dinosaur rock, but it was fun. And then I decided it kind of reminded me most of Loverboy. So I was like, I'm going to listen to Get Lucky. I don't think I've ever listened to that whole album in a row. And I hadn't, and it's not that good. Loverboy is way more of a bar band than you remember. <laughs> Working for the weekend is like, you know, if you think about it at its core, it's kind of a bar band song. And the other ones are even more bar bandy, uh, but you know, at its moments, it's a little bit of a nostalgia trick. Uh, then my friend Og is really into this, this woman guitarist. I think she's Swedish. She's Scandinavian of some sort and not Icelandic Scandinavian. Her name is Hedvig Molestat and the album is called Ekinda and Echidna. And it was really good. Uh, it's all over the map. I mean, the only consistent thing in it is her amazing guitar playing and he's not lying. She's a fantastic guitarist, but some of the songs are really ambient. Some are really noisy. Some are like almost like kraut rock, like can, uh, but, uh, you know, so it's a little disorienting in that way, but her guitar playing is fantastic throughout. Strong recommend on Hedvig Molestat. That's a plane overhead. We'll pause and wait. Okay, that's passed. Wow, yeah, I told you, man. I told you it was a lot of music. I'm not lying. So then uh, I read this uh, New York Magazine feature on Lamonte Young discovering that he was my neighbor in Soho and I never knew, which is really upsetting because I've been a Lamonte Young fan for a very long time. And uh, I was like... Uh, yeah, it's crazy. He, he has his dream room and it's on church street, like right, right where I work and live. And it's kind of a bummer. Uh, and he lets anybody go there, but he's a thousand, hundred thousand dollars behind on rent. And he's got a, like a GoFundMe going. He's about halfway there. So that's good. You know, maybe he'll make it. But, uh, anyway, there's a, only one Lamonte Young album on Spotify. I have a few others, but I had never heard this one. Lamonte Young comp compositions, 1960 arranged for guitar that he did with Noel Actrote. And then, um, Man, that guy's biography is just way more amazing than I thought. You know, I like knew about him and got into him. I think originally through Spaceman Three, they were giant Lamonte Young fans. They did the Dream Weapon, is a whole you know. Anyway, and then uh, through Tony Conrad, and uh, when I read John Cale's biography, this guy just kept popping up, right? But I never put it all together until I read this thing, and it's just what a fantastic, amazing life. And the dude's from like North Dakota or something. It's crazy. There's a picture of the cabin he grew up in there, and you're just like, my God, this is nuts. 
but then I, you know, then I also like he he was a student of this other guru, like musician guy, uh, Pranit Pranath, and I didn't know about this. I knew he was, you know, brought like Eastern drone to the United States and all that, but I didn't know he was like actively this dude's apprentice for like 20 years. It's crazy. So then I listened to there's a double album on Spotify, The Raga Cycle, Paris Theater, 1972, uh, by Pranit Pranath, and uh, I listened to that. That was fantastic. If you want to just sort of lose your mind and forget about the world, strong recommend there. Uh, and then I immediately later that day listened to Physical by Olivia Newton-John, which I probably have listened to that record in its entirety when it came out. I was in love with her as a child, and uh, but I haven't listened to the whole thing in ages, and it's not that good. Physical is a great song, and there's one other good song on there, but it's not that good of a record. So that's a shame. Maybe I'll give another one of her records a shot. But I was kind of obsessed with her for a day there last week. Uh, anyway, then uh, Becky and the Birds. I don't remember who gave me this one. Uh, it's a sort of uh, the album's called Traslig, and it's sort of like sophisticated pop uh, song by a woman. I don't know if she's Becky. <laughs> I didn't do a lot of research on it. It was pretty good. Uh, kind of reminded me a little bit of Saint Etienne. Uh, yeah, it was solid. I was into it. Uh, Christian Lee Hudson, Beginners. This is a great record, right? Uh, nobody knows a lot about this guy he, until he just he had the albums in the past. They're not on streaming service. And then he showed up on a Phoebe Bridgers album, and now he's signed to Anti, and he put out this record, and it's pretty good, man. It's it's solid. It's, he's like a, you know, it sounds like a dude Phoebe Bridgers, and she's in the, she does backing vocals for him. He's got kind of an all-star band. He's a bit of an enigma. The Pitchfork, you know, sometimes you read the Pitchfork review, and they know everything about this person, and you're like, how do they know all this stuff about this person? But they're like, yeah, we don't really know anything about the guy. <laughs> I was like, oh, I got to listen to this. And it's good. It's solid. In Cold Blood. By, oh, no, I'm sorry. Beginners by Christian Lee Hudson. Then I listened to In Cold Blood by Chain of the Gang. Uh, I have listened to a bunch of Chain of the Gang in the past. I loved uh, Chain of the Gang. One of the guys in the band is Ian Savonius, who was originally in Nation of Ulysses. I loved them. They like were so good live. Uh, I saw them at that church in Harvard Square with Beat Happening, one of the best shows of my life. But uh, and then I, you know he's got Weird War and he was in the makeup and I liked those okay. And I listened to a bunch of Chain of the Gang last time I caught up on Ian Savonius's life, but I didn't listen to this album. And then Miranda sent me a mixtape. My friend Miranda, she lives in Western Mass. And uh, the song from this tape was on at Certain Kinds of Trash, and it was just such a great song. I was like, okay, i got to give Chain Gang another chance. So I did, and it's a great record, man. Uh, Certain Kinds of Trash is definitely the best song on it, though. That is a great song. Uh, and then uh, The Ravenettes. Uh, I realized they had two albums I'd never heard, and so I gave those a listen. 2016 Atomized and Raven in the Grave. Way less shoegazy than their past ones. Way much more, way more sophisticated and uh, like technically sophisticated and complex uh, and interesting. I like them a lot, but they're not like the droney shoegaze band I loved of the old days. So, you know, they got better, I guess, but out of my wheelhouse. Uh, no fault to them, though. Gum Country, uh, somewhere. It's like, uh, it's kind of like if there was a woman, Jonathan Richmond, doing Roadrunner, like driving rock, then a little droney with a woman singing. It's pretty awesome. I was really into it. Gum Country. It's a good record. Sports Team, Deep Down Happy, and uh, another album called Making Hay, which is like, uh, kind of like a rockabilly version of The Fall, maybe. Uh, I was into them. They're really good. It's a good rock band. I don't know where they come from. I don't know why I heard them. I don't know. I don't remember anything, but I like their both the records. Solid stuff. Pie Corner Audio, Hollow Earth, it's like a solo guy, it's like a cool electronica, not really what I usually listen to, but it was very well done, and it was a great listen, solid recommend. Uh, Elixir, Eternal Life, Eternal Youth, Elixir is spelled E-L-Y-X-R, uh, it's like smooth, mellow dance synth pop, I was really into it, I can't remember who gave me that one either, but it was really good. Dream Wife, So When You Gonna, which is a, 
And then there's another one, self-titled Dream Wife album, and that's like cool lady rock. It's awesome. Really into it. It kind of reminded me of Cayetana or early rock and Waxahachie. That's right up my alley on those. Margot Price. That's how rumors get started. She's a country woman. I like her a lot. She uh, sang on the Mercury Rev Bobby Gentry record, which is how I originally got into her. And I think she had a band before. Oh, right. She was in Buffalo Clover. They were great. And then she went solo and she's awesome. And I love her. And that's a great record. I don't know why it took me this long to listen to it. It's been out for a while. I just forgot to. Uh, and then I listened to the new, formerly known as Dixie Chicks, now just the Chicks album, Gaslighter. The song Gaslighter is fantastic. The album's really good. The mellow ones are wonderful. There's like two or three sparse mellow ones on there that are just beautiful. It's a great record. And then finally, the last Don Lennon record. Uh, <laughs> Don Lennon, Nick and Mary, it's entitled. It's a double CD from 2010. Don Lennon, of course, the famed singer-songwriter from Boston, Massachusetts. We went to college together. We were friends back in the day. Lost touch through the years, but uh, I kept buying his stuff. He had another solo project called Martin Phillip that was his synth stuff. And... Um, but I didn't know about this record, and I uh, Miranda put it on that mixtape, and I was like, oh, how do you know Don Lennon? And her her boyfriend is drummed with Don Lennon's last tour. It's all very weird. Wonderful coincidence, and I was so excited because there's a new Don Lennon. Not, not new, it's 10 years old. You know, I, Like I said, I lost touch with the guy. Uh, but yeah, it's great. So that was cool. Really excited about that. And my God, that's it. That was a lot of music. Whew. It's tough, man. I don't really want to do like a music podcast. And I don't, you know, this week I'm doing a lot of organizing of songs into playlists for the Facebook posts and uh, not a lot of new stuff. So maybe the next podcast won't be so music centric, but you know, we're, we're coming up close to an hour here. So I don't think this would be much else, <laughs> especially since I haven't really been doing much else. I went, well, we've been watching some TV. We finished succession. I'm glad it's done. Uh, it's very, very good, but very, very hard to watch. It's like a curb your enthusiasm for business. Basically. It's too much for me. I'm, I, I don't know. I mean, I'll watch it some more cause I, you know, I moderately care about these terrible people, but I was very relieved when I didn't have to watch it anymore. We started the great, which is fantastic. Catherine, the great Elle Fanning thing, comedy on Hulu. It's really funny. We're about halfway through, but then Emma got a bunch of work, so we haven't been able to watch it. So I probably won't finish that for a week or two until this batch of work is done. Uh, we finished what we do in the shadows, which was hilarious and fantastic. And I really loved it. Quick watch half hour, love half hour shows. There need to be more half hour shows in the world. I am now watching without Emma while she works warrior nun. <laughs> Because Netflix sent me a spam email. It's like, hey, you'd probably like this show. And I was like, all right, I'll watch a bunch of nuns fighting. And it's not good, but I'm not stopping. So I think it's just the brainless thing I need in my life right at this moment. Uh, did watch three movies, though. We watched Eurovision, which was hilarious. And uh, I got really obsessed with the woman singer. And let's do a bunch of her solo stuff. And it's very, very good. Uh, and then we watched Palm Springs, which was a fantastic film. Strong recommend. Uh, Palm Springs is on Hulu. Eurovision is on Netflix. Yeah, Netflix. Uh, they're great. They're both great. Two great new movies. If they're in the theater, I would have gone and seen them and be very happy. So, but that was it. Just two movies. Um, I think now that I'm watching stuff without Emma, I'll probably get a few movies in this week. I'm not reading any books. I'm just reading Supreme Court cases. I finished June Medical, and uh, now I'm and Faithless Lectors, and now I'm reading. Which one am I reading now? Oh my God! How can I not remember this? All oh, right, duh. now I'm reading Mazar. It's one of the two Trump cases about his tax returns. I just got started on it. It's uh, you know, uh, I think it's a five to two, six to two, seven to two. How many? Yeah, seven to two uh, decision. So not a lot of controversy in it. But uh, oh, there was rumors, or it's been reported that uh, Brett Kavanaugh tried to punt on it till after the election. So once again, fuck that guy. Uh, you know, that's just basically my core belief for the next twenty years. I think.
fuck that guy, Brett Kavanaugh. Anyway, uh, so I'm going to read those two, and then I don't know what I'm going to read after that. I might read this, like, oral history my uncle wrote about my grandmother next. I think I will. And then I'll read a book that is on my desk, or my dresser, bedstand, by my friend Lisa Carver. Short little thing. But I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't read a lot, right? I, like... Basically, what's happening is when I go to bed, is like all the West Coast people finish dinner and my West Coast friends text me and I'm like, I think I'd rather talk to this friend than read. So that's happened like five nights in a row, basically. So reading is slow. I don't care anymore, though, man. Whatever. I'll read again someday when the world goes back to normal or something like that. Right. Yeah, that sounds good. And since we're not quite to an hour mark, I guess I could talk a little bit about work. I actually find my work pretty interesting at the moment. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of challenges up ahead. We, our revenue is it's bouncing back slowly. It's not to where it was, but it's doing okay. And then Nimbus revenue, our, our ad server product is growing. We've had like four of our highest days. So that's nice. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I counted how many lawyers I have for my friend Doug the other day, and we have 15 lawyers, and I spend a lot of my time talking to lawyers and bankers, but I don't mind. And it's fun watching them hang out with their kids in their houses. You know, I like watching people on Zoom calls with their kids when doing work calls. That's one, that's one thing that I find very fun about this whole thing. Uh, and whenever you see a dude with a kid on a Zoom call, you're like, yeah, okay, that guy's an okay father. I mean, that, that's it. That's the low threshold it takes to be an okay father in this day and age is just like, watch your kid for a little bit during the work day. Try it. Give it a shot, right? It's not that hard. Uh, but yeah, it's going well. I mean, you know, there's like the IDFA changes that Apple's doing uh, to the privacy. It's good, good changes, but going to be a bit of a challenge for us. And uh, yeah, there's stuff going on. It's interesting. I like work. Um yeah, it ebbs and flows, but right now I'm, I'm into it. So that's good. That's good. And I got a bunch of other, you know, the QNAP set me back and I had to do a big writing thing for work and somebody asked me to write an article. And so I wrote that. So I have not turned yet to getting back to the Japanese guys about the Japanese Trek translation. That is this week's project. Uh, hopefully tomorrow I can make a big dent on it get Emma her instructions for the cover and start laying out the Japanese version of the book. So I, you know, that's, that's something, right? If I could get that out, I'll feel like moderately accomplished through this whole thing. So yeah, I don't know. Everything's Everything's going okay. Things are going okay. I hope they're going okay with you guys too. That was a lot of music. I promise this isn't turning into a music podcast. We'll talk about some other stuff next week. Thanks, man. It's good talking to you guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, and drop a line. It's always good to hear from you guys. I hope you're holding up okay. I hope you're not cracking under quarantine. And uh, if there's anything I can do to help, let me know. Take care. <laughs>